the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud. Ring podcast with Ranger Proud here on the Bleed Blue Show. Good evening, Stephen. Oh, shit. I'm here. here? I'm here having trouble, having trouble. What's up, man? How you doing, man? How's everything? All right. How are you? Good, good, man. Got Glenn with us. I think Scott's going to be on here. Let's do a little thing a little bit different. We'll go into mingled things with the blue shirts. I mean, there's a lot of good things to rave about this this hockey club RP, and I'll tell you why throughout this episode. But let's sprinkle in uh, some of the rest of the NHL, as well as I finally got around to some AHL stuff. I want to get with you guys some OHL, because that was one area I wanted to do more of. Uh, you know, you guys don't have to chime in. I just want to spread the thoughts of what I'm seeing in those uh, smaller circuits as well. But I know there's a lot of great things to discuss with the NHL or with the Rangers per se, and then we can talk about that. So uh, I look forward to it, even though despite the loss to the Sabres last night. But no, no worries. I, I got the, I got I got all the data, and we can talk about all that. I hear you. Yeah, they. Uh... Truba said it best. No one's going to win 82 games. It's how you respond afterwards. And they've been so far so good with that. I'm pretty sure he's already got the 5,000 for his high sticking, but, you know, he, he, it's good oh, to see yeah. it for him. <laughs> Again, another another meaningless penalty to give a hockey player. But that's mm-hmm. what they collectively agreed on, so what can you do? But it's not a deterrent. Five grand? Come on. Right, right. Let's get the guys on, and we'll, we'll have some fun. Uh, let's see. Let's go to see. Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing? How's everything? Uh, everything is uh, pretty good. Um, you know, an unfortunate loss last night, but, you know, like you say, you're not going to win them all. And uh, you know, kind of surprising to just get one goal against uh, Buffalo. But, uh, you know, Buffalo's a bad team, or a good team, I mean, that's had a bad start. And, uh, you know, you kind of expect them to uh, pick it up uh, as the season goes on. So maybe they're just kind of starting to get their mojo and uh, uh, play better than they have before. So I don't think it's anything to be too disappointed about. Right, right. So when we go around, Glenn, uh, we give like one or two points from you and Scott, myself and RP, but also around the NHL with your thoughts, try to get a little bit of the rest of the NHL as we get through our blue shirts. talk. So we could get all that in and out for sure. Uh, Scott, what's up, man? How you doing? Thank you for bringing us another win in the city of Philadelphia. How you doing, bro? <laughs> yes, good evening. Uh, yeah, I had a fun uh, fun couple of weeks. I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Um, yep, I got uh, two games in. I went to uh, Philly, and I went to the uh, Columbus game the week before. So um, I had a good weekend, uh, back-to-back, or yeah, it was back-to-back days, the Philly game, and then I went to, uh, I was telling you, Steve, I went to that absolutely pointless, uh, the most pointless college football game of the year, uh, Rutgers and Maryland. <laughs> Maryland, of course, my <laughs> alma mater, so I got to go represent when they're right down the road, but uh, yeah, at least they got the win, uh, so it was nice, and um yeah, so unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the Boston game. I was listening to, we were in the parking lot, I was listening to the first two periods uh, on the radio. Sounds like uh, I missed a hell of a game. I mean, I watched the highlights afterwards, but uh, that was just a good, you know, without actually watching the game live, from what I was listening to and, and uh, watching the highlights, just a great, uh, just a, just a smash mouth back and forth you know obviously not much defense going on just uh all sorts of offense up and down the ice i know the rangers had the first like eight shots of the game uh before boston came back and uh evened it up a little bit but uh just a great that's the kind of game i like to watch I, i'm not really much for like the uh the one nothing two one games uh you know baseball i'm not much for a pitcher's duel i want to see seven home runs in the game so uh that's what i like to see just to you know back and forth uh you know, I high score on a fair. That's the kind of game I like. I, 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 I got to get in on that, Scott. I would highly <laughs> disagree with 
some of what you just said because I love the one nothing road win in Pittsburgh. So, RP, there's a lot of good things we could discuss. We, there's a lot. Now, RP, before you go, I, I, when it comes back around on my turn, I'll, I'll get to some other stuff with our squad. But I want to read off some of the stats where we stand right now through the end of November because I said it about a month ago. The Rangers, guess what, RP, where they are in face-off. Just take a wild guess, RP. Without looking, three. top three. Yes, that is correct. Number one, they Number were third. Trocheck's been on fire. Right. It, you know, we all know that he leads the way with that. What about goals per game, RP? Goals per game for the Blue Shirts. They were Scored 17th goals for, last time. I uh, goals uh, per game, probably around, probably around 12th. You were close, 13th. So middle of the pack, pretty good, uh, the upper part of the okay. middle of the pack, right. Goals against, uh, they were second last time I brought this up. Now where are they right now at the end of November? Fifth. They were second. Third. Were second. Not bad. Wow. One spot. No, oh, that's very good. That's, was, I thought it would have dropped, though. They gave up some goals that other night, so. Not, not bad, right? Not bad. Power play. Nah. Second last time we brought this up. What about right now? Second. Third. Still pretty damn mm. good. <laughs> pretty damn. good. Now, this, this is the kicker, the <laughs> penalty kill. They were – this is not even that bad because they were 10th. They were top 10 last time, 83.9%. Right now, where are they penalty kill? I said uh, ninth, maybe eighth. Close, seventh. Pretty mm. good, RP. Pretty good. So, I wanted to lead off with that. Um, also, like Kreider that. is still tops in the league in power play goals. Panera, who was second in points at the time, now is, you know, six is still pretty damn good. Um, okay. Oh, here's, 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 I think this is the most important one, and then I'll let you kick off, because this is all great, this is all good news stuff to me. Yeah. Last one, because I brought up Igor Shosturkin, his save percentage, if there was ever an error that needed improvement, he was 28th in the league when we brought this up about three, four weeks ago. Where is he at right now, Igor Shosturkin? We know Quick is doing mm. the damn thing, but what about Igor uh, he was 28th last time we spoke. 20th? Yes. Yeah. He is 14th. Oh, a lot of Getting close to that .925 right now. That's where I really like my goaltenders be. Yeah. This is all great news, RP. So this is not – this is total opposite of that um, doom and, and, and negativity. We pissed mm-hmm. you off about a month and some change ago. Totally different vibe. Yeah, we lost to Buffalo. But listen, oh, well. Scott, you know, I know – I can understand – you know, shootouts versus a, a good Bruins team, but I cannot negate that one nothing shutout in Pittsburgh because mm-hmm. it is Pittsburgh. I know they got some aging All Stars and, and aging Hall of Famers, but hey, that is a beautiful win, especially Laughing Years goal. Uh, that was get a great that goal. Point, uh, that goal. So, Arfi, I said enough. I wanted to make sure we got those in your thoughts. We go to Glenn, and if you got thoughts around the NHL, along with your Rangers thoughts, uh, RP, Glenn, and Scott, I'll, I'll do the same when it's my turn. I just wanted to make sure we got that on the table. This is all good news. Rangers are in first place. But here's my number one question, RP, despite reading those points. How much separation could we get uh, in the division right now? We're off to a good start. How much separation can well, we get? I, I don't know how much separation you get because we've been saying all along how tight this division is and how it's going to be all year. But we're not going to win every game, as we were talking about a little while ago. So, I, you know, it's going to be a dogfight all the way to the end of the season. It really is, and you hope that when the playoffs start, well, we let finds a way to make sure there's another couple of years to, to find to jump out of the gate when the playoffs start. But this is going to be one of those nail-biting kind of seasons all, all the way around, in, in my opinion. they uh, it, It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, I love it, so I, I get into that. I mean, what are they now? 20 games played, 31 points. They got a seven-point lead over the Hurricanes, the same amount of games played. Now, the optimistic person in me says, oh, that's really cool, right, guys? Who, if you would have thought 20 games into the season, we'd have a seven-point lead, you'd be like, that, that's pretty good three more wins in the Hurricanes and all. But then Pepsinistic Frank kicks in, or as my friends call me, Grumpy Frank. And I go, there's, there's 62 more games to go. We've seen anything happen. So I would just want to see them keep the pedal down and, and keep playing the way they're playing. The most important thing to me is how you play after a loss. I know having a lot of losses, but they're playing right now, as long as you prevent those two, three, four-game losing streaks. Let's switch gears a minute. You want to talk a little bit about the NHL, so I have some news for our Rangers fans. 
of you people, all of our great fans who want to see Patrick Kane back at Madison Square Garden, be sure you check out tomorrow's mm-hmm. when he wins number 80 for the Red Wings. Damn it. Because <laughs> they gave him a nice little contract, guys. Not something the Rangers could have never have afforded before they had no chance in hell at signing him today right now with that number. Because remember, even though we have people on long-term IR, when they all come back, how do you make it work? So before everyone says, oh, Kako's on long-term, and we can talk about that in a minute, and Hedl, unfortunately, they put on long-term, even though he's skating, and Fox just came off it. Uh, I don't, I you know, even though we're short of right wing right now, I just don't. There was no way he could make that work. So it is what it is. I hope it works out well. I'm sure Scott and Glenn have seen all the numbers and they're all bad numbers when it comes to hockey players with this procedure that he had. Backman of the Capitals just stepped away from the game because he just couldn't handle the pain after the surgery. There were three or four other guys that never played another game. And I forgot who the one player who skated other than Backman that sort of made it work, but didn't really have the point production. It's an uphill battle, but hell, almost $3 million, I give it a shot too, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go to Glenn and get his story. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to, uh, Glenn, the Kako injury, the good news, no surgery apparently. He's on long-term IR, which we expected, but he could come back this season. He probably will if he doesn't need surgery. I wasn't too thrilled about Heedle going on long-term until I read that it was strictly a salary cap move because he started skating yeah. again. So not in, we may not be in as bad shape as we thought, but who takes over for Kako long-term? He's probably, in my opinion, going to be out at least two months. I mean, unless it's just a bad sprain and he'll be able to bounce back, but that wasn't the uh, the feeling he gave the media when Laviolette spoke about it this afternoon. Yeah, well, I I have seen today, uh, as you said, RP. I, I think the uh, uh, the issue with uh, Hedl was just a paperwork thing. Um, I read that he can come back, you know, as soon as he's ready, but he just got put on out, uh, long term, uh, not because of any setback from his injury, but just I, I guess for uh, you know cap purposes and and whatever else. So um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, unfortunately, with Kako, I had mentioned last week, just leave. You know, leave him out there until uh, I'm just saying, leave him out there on the first line and uh, see what he can do until Christmas. But uh, that's a moot point now. Um, <laughs> I don't know how serious it is, but uh, if uh, you know he's out, uh, you know, well into the season, then yeah, they're going to have to figure out something. Now, um, I don't know if they think maybe Offman is ready. Um, I don't know how much cap space they're going to have to to bring someone in that's going to. Uh, you know, make a difference. I mean, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're talking now probably a third line right wing, um, you know, since they're going to probably wind up leaving Wheeler on the first line. And obviously uh, Lafreniere is pretty entrenched in the second line. So, um, you know, whether it's uh, moving somebody up like a VZ and plugging somebody else into the, to the uh, fourth line, um, or, uh, you know, if it's time for Othman or if they want to, you know, give him a little more time in the AHL, which, you know, probably wouldn't be a bad thing, um, you know, and see where they are around Christmas time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think they've got, you know, the, the, the players there, as I said, you move, move easy to the, to the uh, third line or uh, Goodrow and you plug in somebody else on the fourth line. I, I would anticipate that's probably what they're going to do in the short term, wouldn't you? Well, I'll give you a quick little, they recalled Brodinski and uh, Edstrom this morning, and in practice, okay. in practice they had uh, the top two lines were the same: Zibanejad, Kreider, Wheeler, Trocheck, Panarin, Lafreniere, and then the third line. All they did was put Brodinski in Kako's spot, and they kept Benito okay. and Cooley. I I actually like that better because right now, I guess like over the last five games, guys, the ranked fourth line might be one of the best in the league. VC, Pitlick, and Goodrow are all getting points. They're all playing well. They're getting a lot of ice time. They're killing penalties. I don't think uh, Laviolette wanted to break up any of the lines. So the best way mm-hmm. of doing that was to just drop Radinsky in there, who's played with Cooley. I think he played with Cooley last year anyway. 
Bonino's can play with anybody. The guy's got some. <laughs> he's becoming a fan yeah. favorite. So and and, and, you know, and then. Mm-hmm. Was, but real quick, I chimed in because I was going to say this later, but since you brought his name up, I might as well say Brzezinski, as of right now, leads the AHL in total points. So playing with yeah, confidence with good. the Hartford Wolf Pack. So I just yeah. wanted to put that little two cents in there. That little two Which cents is probably why he didn't pull Osman up because Brzezinski, he was on the cuffs of making the team, but Cooley had a really, really good training camp. Mm-hmm. camp. So they, and then he's leading, like you said, with all the points. So he, he definitely, in my opinion, deserved it. And really – Really quick, Scott uh, Glenn, excuse me. Lindgren, uh, Fox also was a full participant and looks like he'll be playing tomorrow night with Jones okay. being the, back to the seven. So it's back to our regular six. Okay. So with that, yeah. let, let, let me go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Glenn. But no, no. I was just going to say, I don't know how I forgot about Brzezinski, but every time they brought him up to fill in somewhere, he's been more than adequate. So um, I agree. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah. So, uh, God, do we like just dropping Radinsky in there, or did you want to see them try to keep VC going, though, that would put him on the off wing? No, I, I like VC where he is. I mean, I think he's found a home there. It was great to see in, um, in, in that Boston game. You know, he scored, Pitlick scored, Benino scored. You know, it's great good to see those guys, uh, you know, in, yeah. in, in that, uh, you know, Rangers-Boston is always going to be one of those meat and potatoes games, so it's good to see the meat and potatoes guys getting those goals. So, <laughs> so that was nice to see. As, as far as um, – Brzezinski, you know, I always liked him, but I always thought of him as more of a, uh, you know, third and fourth line, uh, you know, bottom six guy. But, you know, Mm -hmm. what I didn't realize was what you just said about uh, him leading the AHL in scoring. So if that's the case uh, and there's a case to be made for him on the top six, then sure. Um, because before, you know, up until about three minutes ago, when you said that, I was coming, I was ready to come in here guns blazing about Ottman. Um, you know, but uh, you know that's obviously a game changer if he's putting the puck in the net, which is clearly what we need. Um, I, I was listening, uh, you know, I listened to the to your guys' show last week, um, and I forgot who mentioned it, but you, you know, before the Kako injury, you know, you we, you guys were talking about like, do we actually have a right wing problem like we had last year if Kako is, um, you know, not going to be effective and that was you know before uh the injury the other day so um uh, last night so um you know if Brzezinski can be that top six guy if he, he deserves a shot sure um you know uh, regarding Ottman um I just don't understand why he and and again Brzezinski lighting it up you know changes that but um you know, these guys can uh, – what, what can they have? They can have nine games, you know, without uh, sacrificing uh, the, the rookie year? Ten. Ten? Okay. So why not give, um, you know, Ottman a couple games, see what he can do? Uh, you know, everybody keeps saying he's not ready, which obviously is the case. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But, you know, give, give him a chance, see what, see what he can do. I know he didn't have as good of a training camp this year as he did last year. I thought last year was spectacular, but I understand them, you know, just – Strictly OHL experience. I understand uh, them not making the team last year to get that AHL experience. Or I'm sorry, last year it was it was NHL or or nothing at all because of the contract. So I completely understand that. Um, so, but I, I, I don't, you know, why not give him a couple games, see what he can do, see if he is ready. Um, unless the logic might be. Um, you, you know, maybe they don't want to burn a couple games here and there because maybe they there are the logic of uh, of Drury and um, and Laviolette is get him another month to two months of of solid AHL experience and then bring him up for that. Uh, you know, not waste any of those ten games now. You know, not two games here, two games there. Give him a, like you know ten straight to you know to put a little something together, whereas, you know, two games now and then send him back, he's not going to accomplish anything. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to mature at all with, with, with just two games, you know. Um, so maybe the logic there is to give him another couple of, uh, couple, couple of months experience in the AHL before giving him a, you know, solid game. So I guess I'll pose that question to, to whoever wants it. Um, 
Do you, I guess the question would be, do you think he's just not ready at all this year? Or uh, do you think uh, they might be thinking something like that, uh, you know, to bundle him up uh, with, with the 10 games or less without burning a couple here and there so he can actually get, you know, those, you know, seven, eight, nine games in a row to actually show what he can do and they want to give him a little more AHL time before doing that. Uh, so I guess whoever wants that can field that one. Yeah, I think my preference would be to leave him down there uh, for now. Um, I don't think they need to bring him up. Um, I agree that, uh, you know, you really don't want to break up the fourth line. I mean, the fourth line pretty much won that the Boston game, and uh, they've been playing lights out since they've been together. So, um, yeah, I think it will be better, you know, bring up Radinsky, uh, especially if he's scoring a bit. Uh, it sounds like he might actually be an upgrade uh, from Kako. Uh, from what we've seen so far from him this season. But, um, you know, I can see, I know I know they brought Cully up, I think it was maybe January last year for, for three or four games to, to fill in in a pinch, just give him a little taste of being uh, in the NHL. Um, but uh, I, I think we're going to see Ackman this year, but I think the preference would be for them to, you know, leave him down there. I, I don't know, maybe RP, you know. I mean, I've heard he's been okay down there, uh, not necessarily, you know, lighten it up, but he's been okay. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, give him a little more experience down there. And then as they get further in the season, uh, you know, we see what happens with Kako. We see what the needs are. Um, and, you know, who knows? I mean, he could be uh, uh, the Chris Kreider from 2012 who comes up, you know, sometime in March and uh, having a mostly a full season in the AHL and, uh, you know, can uh, fill in a big hole going into the playoffs. So, uh I think my preference would be to leave him down there. But, I mean, RP, how has he been doing down there? Have you heard much? He's uh, five goals, 13 points. He's he's getting a lot. He's got 62 shots. He's taken mm-hmm. 62 shots, which is good. I, I just think with the Rangers record, where they're playing right now, there's just no need to rush him up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He's been up here. There's less pressure on him. I think if whenever the time comes that they call this kid up, He's going to have a, a, the weight of the world on him in the beginning because everyone's expecting so much of him, and there's no need to put him in, into that now. And, and he's a smart kid. He knows he's just biding his time to come up, and he's just learning, you know, to be, you know, in, in a professional hockey league now, uh, you know, compared to where he was. And he's just playing his game. But, you know, he's not having a horrible time. 13 points in 18 games. You know, oh, that's pretty 20, good. 20, 21 penalty minutes, so he's showing that aggression too, which I like. That's see, he's not taking any crap down there, so I, I think right move by them just to you know be a little patient with them. There's really when, when you have a, a Brzezinski, luckily for the Rangers, you have a little bit of depth that you can call them up. I mean, like Steve was saying, Brzezinski's played 16 games, 11 goals, 25 points. He's he's playing really well. He's he's got 18. What is it? He's got 11 goals on 57 shots. He's playing strong. He deserves the call-up. And I think at this point, he'll probably be able to contribute just a little bit more just because he's a little bit more comfortable. He had an excellent training camp. You know, you got to remember those last two, three training camp games went up, and he was on the fourth line. He was scratched one of the games. So that's nothing bad. The Rangers knew they were sending him down. The Rangers wanted to look at Brzezinski and Cooley, and now they got both of them up there. So we had said Mm -hmm. he would probably be the first call-up on an injury. And now he'll be up here for a while, and we can really, you can really see what he's got. He's playing on a first-place team there, first-place overall in the NHL. He's coming onto a line that plays really hard. Cooley and Benino have been playing well together. Even though Kako's been up and down, those two guys have been playing hard and being productive, and you, you know they're involved in a lot of the play. Berdisky's a big boy who likes to take the body. So uh, I'm looking forward to him here. I think he's going to be contributing. I don't think he's just going to be a guy, you know. The third line gets a lot of gets a lot of minutes right now. Well, that's been able to roll four lines with the way, with the way the schedule is laid out. So we'll, we'll see what he can do, but it was definitely the right move to bring him up. Yeah, I like the move. Um, as far as if there was a go to Johnny Brzezinski, I also like the fact that Hartford as a team in the AHL side of things, the only team that's plus twenty. 
from points for versus points against the only team that's with that big of differential. They're playing very good. So we talked about scoring. We talked about where the Rangers are currently or where they were about three to four weeks ago, how they upped their points per game. And then also we talked about the right-wing problem, or it could have been a problem, where it seems like we have insurance policies right there where I would have said differently a couple of weeks ago or even last week, where now mm. – we saw Blake Wheeler getting Zibanejad as it was another problem. Remember, we talked about when is Zibanejad going to start kicking through. Well, thanks to uh, Blake Wheeler, especially in the Philadelphia game, Scott was at, was able to get going and then also add in uh, another goal versus um, uh, uh, the, uh, the Sabres. So we're starting to resolve some problems that are concerns that we did have. Zibanejad starting to find the back of the net. That you know, we always want to see a Mika uh, produce. Uh, Blake Wheeler, a guy we and, and I've said it on previous episodes as far as uh, is you know hard to play in New York. But I thought him setting up Zabinajad, especially in transition, I don't think the Flyers defensively were ready for that. Uh, and I and I think for now it could be a temporary fix until whatever decision they do decide as far as the top three, especially at right wing, or, you know, keep Wheeler down in the lineup. All good problems, even have solutions, backup behind backups are producing. I'm not in a rush to, uh, to bring up Ottman. Um, I mean, that's that's a good problem to have. We don't have to rush him. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so um, I'll go back to you, uh, whoever wants to take the mic as far as well, – let me go back to the Buffalo game. I, I thought the Buffalo game – Especially in the first period, Buffalo made some hell of great saves, especially in the first period. The, uh, the Panarin breakaway, the Kreider uh, scoring opportunity. So the, it's not like the Rangers was just flat and they just, just, just uh, disappeared in the game. It's just that they looked this sharp like they did against Boston on Saturday. Just great, uh, you know, saves. Um, even the, uh, the VC shot. Uh, I thought, you know, that should have had a, had a great chance to hit the back of the net and the goalie put the stick out on, on the save. But there was one thing that did concern me. We kind of talked about this over the months last season. And I, I, the defense, uh, standalone defensive plays, Keandre Miller. I, I definitely want to get your thoughts, RP, Scott, and Glenn. Um, Alex took, um, especially muscled him for that first goal uh, when they made it 2 nothing. you know, late in the second period. And then also that Luke Cannon, uh, Luke Cannon um, after the save, the big save on VC in the third, that wrist shot, which set up by, uh, you know, Keandre Miller previously in that sequence, just out of position. So there was kind of, to me, a target, not a target, but a mishap on Keandre Miller individually where, you know, we we we, we finally got on the board and defensively he kind of got out-muscled by Alice Tuck on one play and then on the other play, uh, especially late in the game where they made it 3-1 to one after the Mika power play goal. I thought defensively he looked as small. And that's not totally Keandre Miller's thoughts. And I don't know if you guys really want to – I'm not saying I'm making a big deal. It's just looking at the little takeaways from the Buffalo game. Right? If you guys want to add in onto that. RP from what are your thoughts from the Buffalo game, but overall the shutout in Pittsburgh and Scott's boy Lafreniere on his way to the Hart Trophy, right, Scott? So we're good. <laughs> I think we all right. I mean, outside of that, you know, Buffalo Buffalo owed us because we beat them open tonight in Buffalo. Buffalo's a, not a bad team, so I'm not going to overrate that. So whatever you guys thoughts, so, uh, like somebody mentioned, Patrick Kane possibly. No, I don't know. Versus the, I don't think I don't think he's playing, right? Is he playing? Versus the, versus uh, the Rangers? I, I, nah, too soon, uh, right? Probably, probably too soon. But then again, he's been skating, so who knows? You know, he's already okay. missed twenty games. They're paying him three three million two point seven five for only sixty games. So I'm sure they want him in the lineup right away. So, and mm-hmm. Dylan Moss is not playing tomorrow night because he's hurt. So who knows? Might get him in and get him a little power play time, or they may make him wait. But let, let it's really weird to see him split. in the Red jersey. <laughs> oh, I hate, yeah. Scott, since I'm going to kind of jump on this one. Did you see the first period, the way Steve saw the first period? Because Steve, he didn't think he played too bad. Tonight. Personally, for me, I thought the flies they've been all year. They could have made a pass uh, out of their zone to save their lives in the first period. I thought oh, it was what, last, night? last night? Last night's game? game? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't think the first period was 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 an epic disaster, but it was definitely noticeable that they were flat. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like they were still riding the high from the Boston game, and um, you know what they? I mean, we use the term, you know, it was it was a stinker, and you know they thankfully have not had many of them. Um, like you said uh, earlier in the call, it's not about having a stinker. It's how they respond. And, uh, you know, Steve, as a, I didn't mean to say I don't appreciate a good one nothing game. I'm just saying if I had my choice, I like to see a shootout. Uh, not <laughs> literally, but, you know, uh, a shooting gallery, we should say. I, mean, I do appreciate the one nothing game. I mean, remember the Game 6 uh, Montreal 2014 with the Dominic Moore only goal of the game? I mean, that was one of the most edge-of-my-seat moments I've had since 94. Uh, so right, right. you know you do appreciate Kate. I don't mean to say I don't appreciate. Well, let, let me let me rephrase it like this. Let me let, let me rephrase it like this. Do you appreciate a one nothing Lafayette game winning goal game <laughs> on Pittsburgh, or do you like you know uh, you know a shootout over the you know the Boston Bruins who are in first place in the Atlantic? Which one would you have you know prefer if you had to really pick one? You rather take you still take the shootout? You or are, are you trying to stay away from that Lafayette? Well, I mean, just, I think I'm going to take the 7-4, and I think the, the fact that it was Boston, it was a Saturday afternoon, you know, the Thanksgiving weekend, showdown, whatever the hell they call that thing, um, you know, I, I think there were, there were more factors to it, just just the score alone, the whole Boston thing, uh, you know, we, 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 we take over best record in the league with a regulation win, just everything about that, there were a lot of factors there uh, that all fit into that, but yeah, I, I like that result better. That being said, I think the one nothing win over Pittsburgh was very, very important because they had just gotten blown out by, by Dallas uh, the last game before. And again, it, it's how they respond and you know, to, uh, to respond with, with a great defensive effort, a great goaltending effort, uh, a good solid chess match of a game that they can win in Pittsburgh. And let's be realistic. Pittsburgh is always a tough game uh, in the Crosby. Well, I guess pretty much always you know, before that it was the new era. <laughs> so, you know, Pittsburgh is always going to be a tough game, especially in that building. Doesn't matter how much better we are than them. Uh, maybe, you know, the exception being the 2015 playoffs, but, um, uh, you know, look at two years ago. I think we were we were significantly the better team on paper and uh, had to come back from 3-1 again. So, um, you, you know, the fact that they can rebound from that uh, stinker in Dallas with a solid, solid effort all around, um, you know, I definitely appreciate that with the one nothing. Uh, and, yes, uh, you know, Hart Trophy candidate Alexi Lafreniere with that beautiful move, uh, the same move that he did on that um, – uh, on that shootout winner, but uh, something. So yeah, I am. Um, I'm very pleased with, uh, with with both of those. Um, and and again, you know, they they followed up a stinker with a three game win streak. So uh, so let's see how they respond here against a uh, you know a very contending uh, Detroit team that may or may not be adding, uh, you know, one of the best American, probably the best American player ever, but we'll, we'll see uh, what he's got, if he plays at all. But uh, one one thing I wanted to bring up, I wanted to bring this up last week, but obviously it wasn't here. Um, And I listened to the show and I noticed that you guys didn't really talk too much about those, Four straight, in my opinion, just atrocious reviews. Um, but we don't, we don't really need to harp on the two, uh, you know, the goals, the, the Columbus goal that I, I don't see how that's not a goal. And then, of course, the Devils goal where the whistle blew with the puck eight inches before the line, but somehow still counts. Whatever, we won both games moving on. But, um, you know, one of my complaints that I've, you know, obviously harped on is, is the NHL's lack of doing anything uh, to protect the players and, to, and, and to, to really discipline dirty hits. You know, we see it with, with Marshand and Wilson, you know, on the phone for their 17th hearing, getting their eighth suspensions, and they're getting two games, you know, maybe five for a seventh time, you know, uh, offender. But, you know, two of those reviews, uh, again, uh, of those four against the Rangers. Now, I was at the Columbus game, and I, and I know it was a five-minute major that they reviewed – and, and knocked it down to two. And I do like the fact that they can review the five-minute major because a five-minute major is, is can just you know be an absolute game changer. Uh, you know, case in point, uh, Vegas Sharks game seven, uh, where they scored like nine goals on the Sharks. You know, scored like nine goals on that five-minute major and completely flipped game seven. So I do like the fact that they can uh, review it. Now, what I've never seen before is, is in that Devils game. I don't think I've ever seen them 
review a five-minute major and say it's no penalty at all. I mean, you know, you see that term in, in football, you know, picking up the flag. I, I didn't think the NHL did that. And let's, in my opinion, you know, maybe you guys saw it differently, but I think the principal point of contact was definitely Lindgren's jaw. You know, they, they give you some leeway if it's, you know, chest first and then it glances up in the follow through and then they should give you leeway for that. Um, but I, I, in my opinion, the principal point of contact was the jaw. Um, so it should have been five there. And at the very least, the hit was late. So it's interference or roughing, whatever they call for the late hit. And, and they went from a five minute major to nothing at all. I, I just, I don't understand that. I don't think I've ever seen that. And if you guys have you know let you know say like you know you've you seen a situation like that i've never seen the nhl pick up a flag before uh especially in a five-minute major and that you know is just one of three straight really where the nhl just proved over and over again they have nothing no interest in dirty hits and you know just show them fair about it uh truba absolutely should have gotten suspended i mean that was a two-handed mark mcguire to the head uh you know and, and i don't think he was trying to hurt the guy i'll give him the benefit of the doubt there i think it was just like a kind of a reflex you know knee-jerk reaction or whatnot so i don't think he was trying to hurt the guy but that being said it was a two-handed chop to the yeah. head how do you not suspend the guy i'm glad that he didn't as a ranger fan but i mean you don't i try to look at these things objectively as a hockey fan first and, and you know i think you have to suspend the guy um, i agree so, so, so there's two. So there's there's picking up the flag on the five minute major. There's that no suspension, and you had a slew foot the other night. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that play. It was Detroit yeah. and whoever, but the, the Detroit guy got blatantly slew footed. And the NHL has, you know, you know the hits to the head is one thing, but the NHL has never ever done anything about slew footing. Now they did suspend the guy. I think they gave him two games, but you got yeah, two get games five for that. For that. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that's ridiculous. I mean. You know, Sidney Crosby made a career out of it for at least the first, like, decade of his career. I think he matured a little bit. P.K. Subban never matured. You know, he was a career <laughs> slew footer. I mean, he was the Ted Bundy of hmm. slew foots. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and they never did anything about these guys. Um, and now you got another way. I mean, the slew foot is a terrible. you got a defenseless player falling all his weight, in, you know, midair and falling on his head and back. You know, two games is, is unacceptable. And I think it's just, you know, uh, three calls in a row where the NHL just proved, you know, once again reiterated the fact that they are an absolute joke when it comes to, uh, you know, player safety and, uh, you know, doing anything about the dirty hits. Um, it's it's disgraceful is what it is. I mean, obviously, you know, this is not the first time. I, I brought this up plenty of times uh, about how pathetic they are with the dirty hits. Um, and I think there's three in a row where, where they got egg on their face. So, um, you know, I just wanted to bitch about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Scott, if anybody I, I wants to uh, forward on that. I got another one for you, Scott, in the, that, uh, on a call I hadn't seen ever. In the Boston, I think it was the Boston game, there was delayed penalty. I think Lingering got mm-hmm. hit in the mouth. A delayed penalty, the Rangers scored on a delay. Since they declared it was going to be a double minor after ah. the delayed penalty goal, they still gave the Rangers a power play. I've never yeah, seen that. Yeah, they take one goal. away. Yeah, I, I was listening I, to that on the radio, and I was remarking to my sister. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I've but, ne- I mean, I, at, least they, at least I guess that's the proper call. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've never – normally in, in past, when there's a delayed penalty and it's called, they never even – I've never seen them go. I don't know if that's part of the new system with, you know, if you have a double minor, you can review it, or a major, you can review it. But I never saw a delayed penalty. And, and they've been talking about they've been talking about changing the rule that next season that if there is a delayed penalty and you score, they will still call the penalty. Because they're trying, I don't know, they're trying to increase goal scoring, I guess. Yeah. But I never, saw, I never saw that. It was a double minor. And then they still gave mm-hmm. them two minutes. And I was, by the time it clicked in my head, the power play was over. But I've never seen that in... Ever, so I don't so know. I I mean, that, that wasn't as wasn't as bad as as the reviews. The reviews have been atrocious. I I agree with you. I think you, you know something. The, the problem with the reviews is sometimes video replay does worse than more harm than good. Sometimes yeah. I like it better when the referee just comes on the ice and you moved it. Depending on the play, I don't I don't understand why we have to review 
in the heat of a moment, a five-minute major, because a lot of times they're calling it as a five-minute major because they know they can review it. Just like in football, when there's a, a, a backward pass or a fumble, they don't blow the ball, they don't blow the whistle anymore. They let the whole play play out, and then they can go and review it and then correct it. So I don't know if they're taking a, a page out of the NFL's book, but I think you're seeing more five-minute majors, and then that's being dropped down to either a double minor unless you're the New York Rangers when it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> but it's, it, it is something that they don't, they don't, you know, give the media, the fans, the bloggers, whatever you want to say, any information. Once in a while, player safety will put a text out or a quick look. When Brendan Shanahan was running it, he used to do videos. This is why it was called. This is why it wasn't called. Even if it's the next day. Here you get a quick little text message. This is why it wasn't, and, and even though they're telling you that, it doesn't make sense when you actually see it, and then it just moves on. So I've come to the point that when there's a review, we're just going to lose and just get ready to move on. It's easy and much yeah. disappointing. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. And, and, and again, I, I do like the fact Scott, 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 hold on. Let's get Glenn's yeah, thoughts, because yeah, yeah. we haven't heard from Glenn. Glenn, what are your thoughts on what, everything what Scott said as far as the reviews and all that? That's okay. Yeah, no, I was just enjoying listening to you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree. I had never seen either of those instances. Uh, in fact, it's funny. The one, uh, uh, the one uh, where they called the uh, four minute, and you know, we scored. I actually was seeing uh, one of my hockey friends saying, Can "We still get a, a penalty out of you know a two minute uh, power play out of that," and he said, "Yes, he knew." So I don't know how he knew, but I, yeah, I had never seen that before. Um, but getting back to the uh, the hit on Lindgren, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, player safety in the NHL has been habitually awful for years and years. Um, whether it's number of games for suspensions, uh, no, uh, no, no suspensions. Um, I think you're right. What they're doing, RP, is you know they'll call a five and and wait to see if it gets downgraded to a two rather than call a two and then you know somebody calls down from toronto and says no no no, that's a five so i mean i I think they're probably being instructed to to do that um you know i really thought that what the nhl for the most part uh you know got rid of fighting or certainly uh brought the number of fights down that they would you know be a little more careful about player safety because obviously that was you know, back in the day, you had enforcers that were on the bench just to go out and fight at one point during the game, and that was it. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of the guys would say, you know, they're out there to protect their teammates from a uh, from a dirty hit. And uh, I really thought when they downgraded the the fighting that they would really try to eliminate uh, a lot of those dirty hits that precipitated fights in the first place. And uh, you know, it's funny. I feel like so many of the fights that you see now in the NHL are, are guys coming after a guy who actually delivered a clean hit. Um, and we've talked about that before um, that, uh, you know, especially in Truba's case last year and even a little bit this year, we talked about he delivers a, a clean hit and somebody goes after him right away. Um, and I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, I agree. The NHL has got to do a lot more about player safety and it's very frustrating to see that they haven't done that. Uh, just for years and years and years. Uh, and, and I think it really is a case where, you know, you got to start really suspending guys for, uh, you know, a, a, a meaningful amount of time uh, to make them think twice about doing what they're doing. So uh, I, I don't know why that hasn't happened in the NHL. It's very frustrating, um, but that's something that I think they need to do a, a far better job doing than they do, and it's been going on for a long time. Okay, I mean, anything else, uh, Glenn, uh, our squad around the NHL, your thoughts, or anything else you'd like to add? Or? Well, yeah, um, I, I'll mention a couple weeks ago, one of us, I don't remember who it was, uh, when we were looking at that uh, uh, seven-game stretch uh, ending with the Boston game, uh, predicted that the Rangers were going to go 5-2. and two. I, I don't remember who that was, but uh, he, he was wrong. They went 6-1. and one. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but anyway, the two games that I was looking at when I said five and two were the Dallas game and the Boston game, obviously. Uh, and, uh, 
the, the reason for that was I thought that, you know, we had gotten off to a real strong start, obviously, but we had yet to play, you know, Boston or Vegas or Colorado or, uh, you know, any of the, the top teams that we were uh, scrambling with uh, for points. So um, losing the Dallas game, obviously, in a away game, Dallas is a good team. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to beat good teams all the time. But uh, that made the Boston game to me uh, on Saturday even more significant. Because if they had lost that game, then, you know, you start to wonder, geez, you know, they're, they're beating everybody, but they're, they're not beating the good teams. And, and I think with that win against Boston, um, I think that the Rangers have become a measuring stick for other teams rather than the, the Rangers uh, looking at other teams and say, all right, let's see how well we stack up against this team or that team. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think there's no team in this league that the, uh, uh, that the Rangers or Ranger fans should fear. Um, and I think it's just as much fans of the other team looking at the Rangers and say, all right, let's see how well we stack up against them. So, uh, you know, as far as the league goes and looking at the Rangers against, you know, some of the top teams, which I've been doing, uh, you know, I still want to see them play Dallas and Colorado or uh, uh, Vegas and Colorado and uh, some of the other teams, Carolina even. Um, but, uh, no, I think, they, I think they showed themselves very well in that seven-game streak. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's all the more reason for optimism. I, mean, I see that Vegas is uh, in a little bit of a, a rut now. They've gone 3-5-2, uh, and two, um, you know, and as good of a team as they are, I'm still going to question their goaltending until Aiden Hill shows me that, uh, you know, the playoffs weren't just a, a hot goalie uh, finding well, luck. So, yeah. Glenn, Glenn Aiden Hill leads the league in, in goaltending percentage. He's number one, though. Yeah, I I know I know. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen too many Vegas games. All right, so all right, so point counterpoint. All right, he's doing the job, but uh, um, yeah, I, I still wonder if they're you know actually going to come out of the West. I mean, I I, I think that uh, Dallas is going to, um, but we'll see. But I stand corrected. So, so let me ask you this, Glenn. We got Detroit, Nashville. We owe we owe Nashville, right? They beat us in that flag game, and I said, "Oh, the season's over." So we go to Nashville on Saturday, and they got the Sharks. So by the time we play the Senators next Tuesday, give us a record. You're you're you're, you're give and and your lotto numbers too, by the way. Give us all your. You know, points. I don't I don't want to push my luck here. You know. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to push my luck, but uh, you know I'll be I'll be kind of disappointed, especially with Dylan Larkin out if they don't beat uh, Detroit, uh, and I will uh, really be disappointed if they lose to San Jose. Uh, so you know the one game Nashville. I mean Nashville is, has has been playing pretty well. They're pretty good. UC Soros is a good goalie. He could steal the game for them. So I mean it's possible that uh, you know they can go down to Nashville and lose. So. Uh, all right, you're, you're pushing me, Steve. I didn't want to do this, but I'll say next three games, two and one, and I think they'll beat Ottawa too. So three and one. Man, all right. Well, what about you, Scott? What do you think in the next few games? Same thing with you, RP. What do you think as far as what we're going to be next season by the time we do a post game versus the Senators? Well, first of all, uh, Glenn, you 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 you're going to be on the spot for for record predictions. Uh, you brought this on yourself ever since that ridiculous, ever since that ridiculous five and zero prediction on the road trip. Absolutely ridiculous that you wouldn't even suggest that. But uh, so you brought this on yourself, and now you know you're on the spot for the rest of the season. Now, in fact, uh, we, we got to talk about. Uh, I want to put some bets in next week, so uh, we got to talk about this. Uh, no, me me personally, I mean, I'm still cautiously optimistic, and you know, the good news is there there have only been three regular season losses. Um, so, or, or, or I guess it was four. There was four last night. Um, so the good news is, um, you know, there haven't been that many, but every time they do, they do have one. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, maybe it won't, you know, maybe, maybe, the, you know, I think they're playing a little bit above their heads, but maybe this is the team. Maybe this is the team we have. Um, you know, they've responded very well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what they're, uh, how they're, how they're going to respond. I think tomorrow's a great game. Cause, cause like you guys just said, uh, you, you, you know about uh, 
you know, beating the beating the very good teams, and that's why the Boston win was, was so satisfying. Um, I, I I don't know if Detroit is quite at, at that elite level yet, but they are definitely a scrappy, uh, good team. And um, you know, this is this is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, I don't really put too much stock in the whole uh, original six thing anymore, but it, it is what it is. Um, so uh, you know, th- th- this will be an interesting game uh, tomorrow. Um, you know uh, the. <laughs> Yeah, sharks. Uh, when do we have the sharks over the weekend? We have sharks on Sunday. Okay, I mean, you know, any, any, they're all, you know, we we we've used that cliche a bunch of times. Uh, anybody can beat anybody, and you know, the the, the mm-hmm. old trap game. You know, there's a million cliches you can use, but uh, you know, hopefully they can take care of the business like they're supposed to. You know, I'd rather. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to lose that. I don't lose any game, but I don't want to lose that game. But if I had to choose, I'd rather, you know, beat a team like Boston if it meant losing to a crappy team that you know for a fact that will not be uh they will not have to meet in the playoffs in any round um you know yes I want to beat Boston and the Sharks but I you know if I had to choose between beating a you know beating up on a garbage team or beating a you know possible you know Eastern Conference Final, a team that they might meet in the Eastern Conference Final, you know, real, real legit contender. I'd rather have the strong showing against the contender. So, uh, you know, but again, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't, we don't have to choose. But um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I just get nervous after a win. I'm sorry, after a loss, because you know, you know, RP, like you said early on, they weren't going to win 82 games, and there will be a losing streak at some point. Hopefully, it's no more than two, two, three, four at the worst. But there will be some kind of losing streak. So you know, we, we let, let's not panic if they drop to, uh, tomorrow night uh, for two in a row. Because how many games? I, you know, I, 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 Scott. How many games, that, when you say losing, no, I, give me a number. Like, will you tell yeah, me four? Already, will you? What's the prediction? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. How, how many games How many games are we talking? We're talking the Red Wings, Predators, Sharks, and Senators. The next four. Should be three and one easily. I'm going, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, what Glenn would consider a very conservative three and one uh, prediction. Mm-hmm. It took you all that time to come around to three and one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, RP, I don't know if you're new to this show, but I occasionally like to hear myself talk. I don't know if you knew that. No, no, I'm, I'm well aware. I just, I just kind of thought that you were going to take a gamble and say four and oh, or go the other way and go, you know, they might go two and two and tank a little year. <laughs> three and one's the obvious No. One. I'm still cautiously optimistic. I know that's not, you know, that's pretty much betting on the favorite. That's not exactly a, a ballsy prediction, but that's where I'm going. I tell you what. I will. Let me get my quick answer. Go ahead. My, my quick answer. It should be three and one. I, I, yes. I you got to give me a reason why it would be two and two. You would have to give me a reason why it would be two and two based on how they're playing now, despite the injuries. If they go, so give me if three. They go, yeah, because if they go two and two. Yeah, yeah. No, they they have to go a a, a reasonable because we're not going to win every game. Theory is three and right. one. The good thing right. about this team is when you look at those four games deep down, we could be saying the way Quick is playing, we, we could go four and zero. So mm-hmm. I like that we can even think that, though we really don't right. want to call it. But if you if you <laughs> and, and that's and that's where the Rangers are right now. Going two and two is like it's almost like a failure. Mm. It's almost like a wasted four points, you know. I agree because of because of how they're playing and because how bad the Sharks are playing. Ottawa's in a huge tailspin. But I tell you what, tomorrow night's game is going to be no easy game. Red Wings have been playing some good hockey. I think they're eleven and six. They're, they're not playing bad hockey. Not having lock in is a good risk. So uh, you know, I think what really helps the Rangers guys is that Quick is playing so damn well right now. I mean, last year our backup goalie didn't get his first win to mid-December, and here he's got six wins with two shutouts and doesn't have a regulation loss. So you want to know something? If he keeps playing like that, watch out for all that little range of Twitter talk in the background going, oh, is Quick playing better than Chesterkin? Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think he is, and I don't think it's going to be an issue at all, but it's great to know if Chesterkin stumbles a little. You know, you can play Quick two games in a row without even thinking about it. The team plays great in front of him. I heard he's a great locker room guy. So they're in a, in a good spot. So when you, you know, December is a real, 
December is a real tough month when you're just looking over at all the games. Uh, yeah, you play the Maple Leafs twice. You got the Bruins again. You play the Sabres again. You have the Caps in here a couple of times. December's one of those months when you come out of it ahead of the game. Man, you're going to have a strong second half of the season. And look how well the Rangers have done. No Adam Fox. No Heedle. Right, right. And they're still, you know, and, and like Steve said earlier, their depth is showing. You know, you can complain about Zach Jones, but he did get better as he played through, through these games and knew he wouldn't be coming out of the lineup. So the depth is there. The depth now, you know, hopefully Brzezinski does his job, and now we have a little bit of depth on the right wing. We, we're going to need more because I don't think Kako will be back anytime soon. So we're still going to have to kind of figure out that problem. Maybe Auckland's the answer. Maybe he's not. But looking at these games, three, three and one would be a great, a great, a good four game set. And let's just hope they can do it. There are no crappy teams, at least when they play the Rangers. Seems that whenever we play Columbus or even not that Buffalo's a crappy team, but they're not a great team. Everyone always seems to step up when they're playing against the Rangers. That's just how it is. So. Any, it is any night anybody could beat us, and any night we can beat anybody. So it, it's great to be in that spot. It, it's a little bit similar to two years ago when we went to the Eastern Conference Final. I think that year the Rangers only lost two games in a row once, maybe twice in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. They seem, you've seen the, the – even yesterday's game, you think about it, how bad I thought they played in the first period, and they couldn't really get a goal – what was it, the beginning of the third or the end of the first? They were only down 2-1 at that point. I think it was in the third when Zabanajat scored on the power play. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you, you know, the good teams find ways to at least stay in games when they just don't have it. And even Laviolette said that was just a bad game for them. From from beginning yeah. to end, it wasn't, rain, it wasn't Ranger hockey. But in the third period, you're only down a goal against the Sabres. So on the flip side to that, you, you won't go away from tying it and getting – you know, maybe stealing a point or whatever it may be. So I, I like when we have, I like the team that they have right now. You never feel that you're out of it. You know, your guys, your big guys are starting to come up. Zimbabwe's starting to play better. Wheeler is starting to play better. Panarin and, and Lafreniere have definitely been the two highlights of the entire season, and I never thought I'd say that. But Lafreniere is mm. playing with such confidence right now, he wants the puck. And we haven't seen that in the last four seasons. The kid wants the pockets, right. and he's, and Panarin and him just seem to be that click. You know, Gallant played them two a little bit early on, but it didn't really. He didn't give it enough time. And I like the way Laviolette's coaching. He's giving, he's giving his players the opportunity to be successful, or he's giving them enough time to not work out. So, yeah, they have a lot of things going in the right direction. You just got to keep playing consistent. All right, cool. Let's, let's get into final thoughts. I'll start off with the final thoughts because we only got like two minutes. So let me give me like 40, 45 seconds. I, I probably gloss over uh, the OHL from when I was uh, trying to get more into the uh, smaller circus onto this episode. But as far as the NHL, the rest of the league, um, the Panthers took out in November for me. They won seven of the last eight. They had a notable win versus the Hurricanes. And when watching a couple of those games, uh, Alexander Barkov and Sam Reiner and uh, Carter Vahey, they're starting to pick up their place and be behind Boston in the standings. And that also adds into what the hell's going on with the Maple Leafs. I know when are they going to start to turn the corner? They had, I mean, I mean, I had them winning the division, right? So I didn't yeah. know they lost the last two, Chicago and Pittsburgh, but before that they did win four in a row: um, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, uh, at Detroit, at Minnesota. That was a slew. Uh, uh, in that game, or in those games, and there's been talks with Maple Leafs, you know, follow their blogs, uh, William Nylander, what was going to happen with him, but he's been playing very well over the last stretch. He had the power play goal and the shorthanded goal versus Calgary. He also had the, uh, the game-winning goal uh, in Minnesota. Uh, in, in the, you know another power play goal on top of that in Detroit, but Minnesota is really you know I didn't ha- I wasn't really high on them anyway because I said in the beginning of the season I don't think they had enough scoring they had a rough November they lost seven mm-hmm. in a row starting with us they you know starting that losing streak with against the blue shirt and then Buffalo Dallas Ottawa Toronto Colorado Detroit I mean that is a little bit of a gauntlet but damn I mean and they, you guys were mentioning the Slufa incident with Ryan Hartman and the Brindcat. 
So um, they're definitely involved with that. And Conor McDavid returns. So we'll see how they get back into the Pacific Division. But great episode, guys. I just wanted to make sure we get it all that in. And you guys mentioned the, the, the Wolfpack and Brzezinski. I want to make sure we set some right on him, how well he's been playing in the AHL. So those are my final thoughts. Let's go to Glenn, go to Scott, and then RP. Yeah, just uh, a little. I know we don't have much time. A little bit around the league. I mean, Florida is kind of surprising me a little bit because usually, uh, you know, Bob has uh, one good year and one bad year, and this was due to be a bad year, but – He's played very well, and uh, they've hung in there, and they're only, uh, I think, four points behind the Bruins. So, uh, you know, Florida looks like a team that's going to hang in there for the rest of the year. Um, I would mention the Devils. Uh, You know, we remember last year that the Devils had that run early in the season, and, uh, you know, we're 15 points ahead of everybody, or ahead of the Rangers at least, before we knew it. Um, That's a team that's having goaltending problems. They've given up 70 goals in 19 games. That's over three and a half goals a game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know they were missing Jack Hughes for a while, but I don't think, uh, you know, that has anything to do with the vote timing they're getting. So, you know, uh, look at that team, and they've taken quite a step back, and we'll see if they can uh, pull it back together too. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, just to kind of stay in the East, um, I, I think the Rangers now have, you know, given themselves enough of a pad where, you know, if they – I mean, what's the worst we can expect? And you know, it'll probably come, lose three out of five or something like that. But I don't think this team is going to go on any kind of extended losing streak. So uh, I think the fact that they have, uh, you know, given themselves a nice pad between uh, themselves and, uh, you know, the other teams that are going to be fighting on the bubble just to get into the playoffs, I think uh, uh, is a very good sign for this team. And, you know, I'll just end. One of my uh, one of my friends said to me, boy, I can't believe how they're, you know, how they're doing. Uh, do you think that, you know, this can continue? And, you know, I thought about it and I said, I don't see why it can't. Uh, I don't see any reason why, you know, uh, I, I would be full of gloom and doom and kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. So uh, as far as our guys, I think we're in really good shape and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the next week. All right, cool, man. Thank you very much. Let's go to uh, Scott. Your final thoughts. Give us a quick minute. And then RP. Yeah, I- I think our division is uh, slowly but surely going to start to take shape the way we thought it was going to be. I think Philly uh, and Washington were playing way above their pay grades earlier, and they're starting to come back down to earth. Carolina's starting to take that rifle spot uh, in the top three. Uh, yeah, the Devils are a big enigma. Like, you know, they lost some games with Heesher and Hughes where they finally got back. But, yeah, they're, they're goaltending. You know, Vanacek was definitely, yeah, not to use the, the same term twice in one sentence, but Vanacek was definitely playing above his pay grade last year uh you know he and, and the defense and i was talking to some devil fans about this and they're not happy about losing severson and graves he said that seriously you know set not only the goaltending but their defense back you know they, they've got a uh, you know a slightly above average at best goalie uh and, and he's facing a hell of a lot more shots than he was um so, so they, 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 uh, that, that, that the, the, all, all of that from the blue line back is a serious problem for them. I mean, it's glorious, but it's a serious problem for them. I think overall, I think from the blue line up, I think they got better, you know, with, with the addition of Toffoli and, um, uh, uh, you know, signing signing Timo Meyer long term. I think they got better, but uh, you know, defense and goaltending that's the name of the game in um you know in the playoffs and, and, and I think they got a serious problem back there. Um nobody on this call has addressed the Corey Perry and uh rumored to be uh Connor Bedard's mom uh story. Um we wanted to touch on that purpose we didn't mention it. <laughs> Oh well, you know I me. Mean? I got I got to jump on that. Um, and real quick, yeah. I don't know if I have enough time. Steve cut me off, but that you guys remember. You know what that reminds me of? You guys remember the uh, the, the Cal Ripken incident from uh, from 1997? Um, with, with, with Kevin Costner to, to keep his streak intact. I don't know if you guys remember this story, but so, so Cal Ripken was having problems with his wife. Apparently his wife was having an affair with Kevin Costner and he walked in, like literally just walked in the house one day to see it happening. Now, again, these are all, you know, somewhat rumors and whatnot, but in any case, uh, and his streak was going on his consecutive, it was 1997. His consecutive game streak was going on. He walked in the house, saw it, apparently got in a fist fight with Kevin Costner. The wife called the cops. The cops take him. He's got a game to play. With that streak at Camden Yards, uh, the, the wife, uh, the, the cops take him. They don't know what to do with him because they got Cal Ripken in the back seat of their car. And apparently, they faked a power outage at Camden Yards to give them time 
to I don't know if they processed <laughs> him or they just drove him around. Right, you can look this up. You 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 can look all this up again. It's all you know, somewhat conspiracy and, and rumors as to the act what actually happened. But there definitely was a power outage at Camden Yards that night uh, about a delay and an hour or so delay, giving them time for the police to drop Cal Ripken off at the game and keep that uh, keep that intact. So that uh, you know this whole you know who, 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 we don't know if this thing actually happened with Bedard and uh, uh, you know. Uh and Corey Perry, but obviously Corey Perry uh, is going to get the boot if uh, the you know the face of the team and the face of the league, uh, you know, is, is upset uh, with the mom and whatnot. Uh, we don't need to get graphic on that, but uh, obviously he's getting the boot. So we got a potential uh, veteran right winger uh, out there for us. Maybe we could talk about next week. Are we picking up Corey yeah. Perry? <laughs> All right, cool man. Steve, Thank you, Scott. Let me, let me uh, I'll do this. Steve, let real me quick, real quick, real quick. Stop running it up. Um, this room, this room actually reminded me of. There were rumors back in the day that uh, Lindros was was sleeping with Rod Brindamore's wife when they were both with the Flyers. Yeah, and that's what that was the other one. Yep. The Flyers, and that's when the Flyers decided they had to move him and then moved him to the Rangers. So I don't know if that was ever true or not, but that's the first thing I thought of when I heard about the Corey Perry thing. Oh my! Cool guys, thanks, man. RP, close this out, man. We're out of time, but could it be? It's it gonna be really quick. Ranger Proud, Facebook, Twitter, Empire Sports Media, Inside the Rink. And here's a quick quick one. Last night, the Tatrick brothers played against each other. Ottawa, Florida, 167 penalty minutes, 106 penalty minutes in one, in one fight. And it was the best one the referee had, the best quote really quick, guys. Referee calls a double <laughs> minor on Ottawa. He calls a minor on Florida. And then he goes, and everybody on the ice, 10-minute misconduct, and he skated away. It was viral Whoa. all over the internet. He didn't list numbers or nothing. He gave all 10 guys a 10-minute misconduct, didn't list their numbers, and skated away. It was the best. If you would have wow. seen the way he did it, it was hysterical. So you guys have a good night. We'll talk next week. Get some more rumors on Corey Perry and some moms. This should be a good episode next week. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> We've got a post game. We've got the Senators post game next week versus the Senators, man. Let's, let's talk about it, man. Sounds good. Uh, Glenn Scott, RP, myself, Steve, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the Blue Shirts, and around the NHL. Evaluation through November. What a great month for the Blue Shirts, man. Statistically, all, all improved across the board, man. Time very old, Susan. Ladies and gentlemen, Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you? Blee blue, 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 blee blue. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.